0: Story number one. Friends bail you out. Best friends break you out. Written by Nexquietius. Next. Best friends. I hear they have an acid for blood. The speech was hissed and garbled, was static. What can you expect from a Lorian's box implant? The massive caravace covered uh, bugmen didn't have normal voice parts. But the implant market was thriving and had figured out how to make it work for them. Huakuk hadn't spent many credits on his, but it worked well enough. That's so much excrement, Huakuk, Jabel said. There are no more dangerous than any of us here. He stood up at the table where they were playing flip and looked towards the entry airlock of the door. The Lemi de la moved smoothly as an arboreal creature should. His light green fur poofed out in a worried display. Litha laughed, a light, chattering laugh. Then the lean Dordra female smiled at her friend. Then why are you the proofing Jables, my pet? Litha was curvy in all the right places, and then again, so were the males. It was just the propensity to kill their mates that really separated male from female. Oddly, this didn't transfer to other species. So they often found sexually compatible mates from other species, and only sought out other daughters when they were in one of their three fertile cycles in their life. Lissa and Jables had been a thing ever since she'd gotten to the garden. The garden was the name for the prison planet that the prison was on. It was beautiful, perfectly gravity, perfect atmosphere, perfect temperate climate. Not a single super predator or lethal plant. Sure, there were a few animals and plenty of plants, but nothing bigger than a space rat. The main thing that kept them on E-97 Theta was that they never had anything other than a small short-range pilotless shuttles on the ground there. They were guided by a planetary net between the prisons and the station that was in the geosink above. Well, that didn't keep the inmates on planet, but the fact that only super-long-range ships could make the transit and the planet did and those were never in system unless they were picking up correction staff or dropping off inmates. I hear they're slightly evolved versions of tree-dwellers from their planet. Basically, me, Jabel said, turning to the group. Wakak had placed his pup hand down and was busily collecting credships from the motley crew that sat around the table. They were arguably the worst of the worst. Huakuk had killed an entire freighter crew when they didn't cut him in on a smuggling run as they had promised. Lither had killed fourteen mates in a sex-fueled killing spree when her two of her fertility cycles hit back to back while she was visiting her home planet. Jables had broken into or stolen just about anything he'd ever desired, ever. Hurag, the reptilian vex, had been a pirate in the Dosh system that had raided over forty ships and killed a few people here and there. His main crime had been interrupting a shipping lane of one of the major galactic corp, and not taking the recommendation to move the shipping lane to their competitor. Oi, guys, I got something. Lois was an Altar, one of the little green men type aliens. Small in stature, incredibly intelligent, and terribly curious like all Altar. Lois was a hacker and a bit of a sociopath. At eight, he'd hacked a space station environmental computer and purged a few rooms of oxygen because the kids living there had made fun of him. it had killed a handful of the other sentients too, but he didn't really seem to care. He'd spent time in and out of jail, usually escaping by hacking his way out. He was looking at something on his cobbled-together tablet display. Jack's Terrace human, h 30 Earth years, extensive military background including seeing combat on 14 separate planets, highly decorated for valor, recently suspected terrorist ties, currently incarcerated for the deaths of 387 following the bombing of a transatlantic cruise liner. Sounds like a grand chap a deep crackly voice said. The vault looked like a startled version of a human, long lean limbs and a longer neck, topped with a slightly elongated head, and always wondered when the humans would let the council incarcerate one of their own. Syrian, Jabel said, he sounds like any one of us. None of us are preschool teachers. Ain't nothing to be afraid of. Was that the alarm lights began to flash, their rotating beams sweeping across the entire common bay area? The commons had been cleared for this, and everyone was in a holding cell or one of the larger mixing cells like their card playing group. Their massive airlock door opened, and eight correction stroids walked in in full gear. They set up a barometer before the door closed again. When it opened, several minutes later, Eight corrections officers, each of a different species, surrounded a lone inmate. He was in a standard transport pod, likely in stasis sleep. The droids attended the pod and settled it onto the deck. One of the corrections officers imposed to tell the exact race because of the standard issue armor, connected the pod to the tablet and said something to the assembled group. In a very coordinated maneuver, they all covered the pot with weapons drawn and back into the airlock. When the massive door finally closed, the small pot doors opened like a casket. The inmates watched from barred vantage points for several minutes before a heavily muscled and tattooed arm reached up and pulled the rest of its body from inside. Jacks was maybe two meters tall, and the cheap utility clothes clung to his muscled torso and hung loose on his legs. Every part of him you could see was muscle and sinew, but he was bald and you could barely make out the a chip jack at the base of his neck. He looked around with squinting eyes, slowly, like an apex predator that he was. His eyes locked onto Javel's cell for a second and fixed there for an uncomfortably long time. Inmate 741-Alpha proceed to cell 841 for intake, The overhead speakers boomed. He scanned, noticing the numbers over the cells, looking into the commons. 841 was right next to the mixer cell 840 that Jables and company was in. Jack stood and walked slowly towards the cell. Inmates, you are being released back into condition one. Thank you for your patience. Please do not disrupt the conduct of the new inmate. Have a nice day. The cell doors moved about six inches up and then stuck before alternating moving up and down as if they were all in false condition Jax was most of what way to eight for one when this happened and he looked around quizzically just out of his line of sight the cell door had opened fully and four selladula rushed towards him. They were vile, all-black rubber-skinned bipeds. They had basically featureless faces, with nothing to convey the intent to their victim. Someone in the bay coughed a warning in a language Jables didn't recognize. Jax was surely dead. Because of Jables' experience, the eels were merciless assassins that in one-on-one fight could take out just about anyone that they turned their focus on. Jax turned in time thanks to the cough and caught the shank-holding wrist of the first eel and turned hard with the momentum, pulling him down and speeding up his impact into the deck. Then he sharpened piece of steel, dropped free, and jack-rolled, snatching it up mid-roll, and faced the remaining three attackers, Dirk in hand. The first eel was not moving, crumpled, mess on the deck, but the rest all attacked at the same time. A tactic obviously honed from doing this before, One at a time, a defender could probably take a group apart, but this had a much higher chance of success, unless you were fighting a combat-trained human. At the first movement, Jax attacked the eel on the right and feinted an attack to his head and then turned into his belly slash. The barely sharp steel raked against the belly of the eel and dumped its seconds heart into the ground along with most of its guts and reproductive organs. Quickly, he moved further to the right and pumped a quick couple thrusts into the stunned eel, scrambling what was left of his brains. The two eels hissed menacingly as their companion dropped and both charged. The three fainted and lunged, attacked and counter-attacked. Jax took several slashes and more than a few thrusts and bites, but kept on coming. Another door opened and a pair of Lorians approached the tangled mess of the fighters at a jog. One grabbed at Jax, who slashed, removing several of the Lorian's hand parts. The other got a massive punch to Jax's brain case. He faltered for a second, dropping his shiv before letting out a primal yell. He threw himself at the already wounded bugman. Humans are surprisingly heavy for this size, and his impact toppled the physically larger opponent. He mounted the fallen creature and threw punch after punch. First cracks appeared in the carapace, and finally the casing failed entirely. His final punch ended up somewhere inside of the creature's head, and he shook the gore from his hand as he stood and looked at the remainder of the attackers. One eel was nearly dead and could barely stand. The other was visibly shaken at what had just transpired and hung back. The remaining Lorien, normally used to being feared, could only stare as Jax walked coldly towards them. They all backed up slowly, giving the humans some room. He stopped and picked up the first shift and then the shift from the other fallen eel. He moved in some sort of choreographed martial stance as eyed his opponents. He was covered in red, green, and orange blood. Chunks of brain matter still clung to his right arm, face scrunched up in a sneer. And yet he was barely breathing hard. Suddenly, the whir of a retractable door was heard from the ceiling and the riot-suppressing gun popped out. Everyone looked at the gun except for Jax, who dove for the nearest eel. The stun bolt from the gun hit the eel's center mass as he dropped. Jax, already behind him, caught him and held him up like a shield. The gun opened up a rapid fire and dropped the remaining eel and the Lorien. It hit Jax's eel shield several more times without effect. And Jack's backed up to Jabel's Mixer cell. The murderous human spoke for the first time, standing just outside the cell. Open door eight forty. His voice was harsh, but surprisingly calm for all the stun bolts hitting his former attacker's body. Jabels wasn't sure who he was talking to, but the door started to move. They all backed away from the barred door as it opened and the human backed in. I wondered when you would come for me. Sirian said, it's been a long year. The tension in the room was heavy. None of the other beings spoke. Each kid is in their own right. None had ever seen a spectacle such as this. This is why humans had a reputation that they did. And this was just one. Unarmed, very determined, but alone. The human turned to Val and smile an eerie look, if ever there was one. Commander Gideon told you not to go to the casino on Cassian. Our protection only goes so far. The buffet is amazing, Syrian said. Honestly, I'm kinda of surprised you came for me. Well, I don't have many friends like you, sir, the human said. Surian smiled. Well, uh, humans are the best friends a person can have. End of story. Story number two Humanity's greatest hero. Written by species unknown Kelex shivers in the therapist's ball, Staring up at the ceiling on the command center's battle therapist With the unseeing eyes Okay, so you were with the 569th platoon Advancing along the humans' neo-marine river Chasing them to their retreat What happened next? Kellekhack asks Riding on his hollow plaid with a claw then, um they, they, they stop for for a round uh, of a shooting at us to try and get space naturally, our shielding and natural armor negated the damage that they do with their laser rifles. Uh, uh, at the moment, oh, spirits, the heavenly bodies, I will never forget. Galak takes a deep breath, shuddering breaths to make the four and I rattle together. One of them fixes a knife done honest, to God spurt's knife to his gun barrel, this, this madman, this human hero, charges our lines while screaming, what had ye been his name at the top of his lungs? We stopped, unsure of what to do as a result, and soon a few more, and then a couple dozen, and then finally the whole human army is charging us with the knives on their rifles, screaming the same spurts damned name. We began shooting them again, but what previously sent them to ground didn't seem to faze them at all. They got into melee range, and our shields did nothing, and the knives found our weak points. Digging in and locking into our limbs and cutting them off, we uh, we had to run. There was nothing that we could do, beaten by those primitive of tools, led by the superhuman and a masked screaming barber. He paused as he sits up, quivering in the spiteful look as he jerks his head around. And then came the sound of stampeding feet, and the alarms began sounding, LEROYM JENKINS End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below.